Captain's Log number N43-259. In our expedition today, we found records of Hero's journey through the galaxy bound to a destiny only the strong can burden. This is how their story unfolds. Hello and welcome to Celestial Expanse, a real play D&D podcast set in the Celestial Expanse universe. My name is Matthew. I'll be your DM for tonight. With us tonight is Ben, playing as Rel. Hello. Jason, playing as Theron. Where Z marries a tree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rebecca as Martel. Hello. I'm the normal one this week, apparently. <laughs> Boston as Juniper. She has fallen in love with a fairy from the nearby woods. <laughs> and the- Natalia as Z. Are you my dad? <laughs> Sorry, Z, you're barking up the wrong tree. You know uh, no. So, how's everybody doing today? I'm sorry about the phone. We were uh, good until I made the mistake of giving you that website. <laughs> it's very good. I'll probably be using it for the rest of the campaign. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, anyway. great, such great ideas like a person who. Uh, claims to worship Demogorgon, but secretly he worships Demogorgon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, does anybody remember what happened last time? Yes. Yeah. I wrote the notes, totally. so I refuse to read them. I will. I I I do remember because there's a great thing called notes yep. that Rebecca so diligently keeps up with. And by diligently, she means types up like an hour before the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I would be happy to read Rebecca's notes. <laughs> I do I do enjoy how Lauren like types in Matt is a monster in the notes. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. I'm uh-huh. I'm excited to to actually read this because I want to read the TM. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I'll make it fast, super fast reading speed. Okay. So just, just skim skim the important parts. <laughs> um uh, the burnt lady is still alive from the episode before, and it's inconclusive of whether or not it's still Ashley. And somehow there are no dental records of Ashley, so that's weird. So we're not really sure whether we're hauling around a useless corpse or not. Um, it's not suspicious whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, somebody else do this. I can't skim fast. Uh, Arula's boss goes to talk to Juniper. And... That goes well. Yep. Oh no, so... I think. I mean, it didn't go not well. <laughs> he gave yeah. her her will, effectively, which was like a video will, because it's the future. Oh, yes, real. which was super sad and heartbreaking and made Z cry. Sorry, made Nat, made Nat cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Z doesn't give a shit. Yeah, Z, Z doesn't care and also doesn't know about it. <laughs> um, And then, while that's happening, Z starts hearing voices in her head, so clearly she's going insane. <laughs> Um, and then she started seeing things coming out of her, coming out of her ring. Clearly, she's even more going insane. <laughs> but she decides to try and make sense of it and goes to ask Theron for help. Of all people, people Theron. High <laughs> wisdom. That's why you don't understand <laughs> the wisdom, kids. For someone who has a character with high wisdom, you're being terrible at playing it. <laughs> Listen, you can only go so far with the skills you have as a person. Which is why you don't plug so much into your dang wisdom. I can't roleplay being intelligent. So why did you? Okay. I'm stretching. I'm stretching as a person. Okay, sure. 
Uh, so Z figures out that she needs to go to Agora or something like that. Yeah. Because uh, she thinks that's where her dad is. And she finds out that Agora is a bad place. Tia. <laughs> I didn't know we trademarked the, the words bad place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, so from, from now on, you have to say, show on the bear where they touched you. And then you say, bad place, Tia. <laughs> we should not be laughing, but as an, as an explanation for that, I'm bi and I use that as emphasis. Mm. Noted. I'm, I'm confused, but noted. <laughs> really it's okay. Confused. Don't worry about it. Isn't that how uh, most of life is, anyway? Yeah. <laughs> confused so by the buys. Yeah. Confused by the trademark emphasis. I'm confused by life in general. Anyway, continue uh so yeah turns out z's dad is a badass who kills bad people and maybe is hiding on this awful planet because no one else would bother going there uh and then someone from parliament apparently wants to talk to us for some unknown reason which will totally go well definitely and martle does not want to deal with these hoity-toity people she's not in the mood to deal with hoity-toity anything especially Mm. not people who are expecting her to like be polite and not be herself and see totally suggested that they either not go and thereby have a bounty hunters chase after them are you my dad um <laughs> <laughs> or, it's, be or like, that... it's like a uh, ray and luke skywalker all over again yes <laughs> which is not canon i don't care who you are <laughs> um Anyway, or that they go uh, to Agora instead of Parliament, but unfortunately, we're all going to Parliament. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, you'll eventually, after a, a good day and a half of travel, because you were on the outskirts of the galaxy. So, of course, even going the fastest of your ship, which not really fast if you think about it, uh, because you don't really have like top of the line. I uh, guess the best example would be uh, you have the Millennium Falcon if you wa- if it wasn't so slow. Punch it, Chewie. <laughs> Punch it, Chewie. <laughs> so you eventually, after um, after the day, you get to the Gory system and uh, you get out of a uh, out of hyperdrive, as it were, and uh, you go through and travel through the asteroid belt of the Gory system because right in the middle of that asteroid belt is the asteroid known as Parliament. It it's almost the size of a planet itself. This huge rock is like decorated with technology that you've never seen before. It almost looks like there's like a city carved into this into this rock. You see a moon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you see like several parts of the rock has been exposed. You see the city that's like covered in some sort of like shimmering force field that keeps the atmosphere in, which is not uncommon. Uh, nowadays that you've heard about other asteroids doing this practice but you also see areas that what could possibly be the harbor and the closer you get to it you are hailed and uh anybody want to answer that yes hello this is a uh, parliament forces uh, calling the torog uh we are here to escort you to the harbor to so you may meet up with the, the representatives of parliament are you ready for your escort as will ever be then please stay in formation and please do not um degrade from that formation if the if you do so it may be considered that you're trying to run away and therefore be shot down we would never dream of it <laughs> lead the way he thanks you and he like cuts off um the the channel and you're slowly like escorted into the harbor and 
they seem to have you like in standby before they can get somebody to like leave a spot for you because for, yeah because the harbor seems to be busy today don't know why it just is and you see all manners of ships like from the ringy dingy like one passenger shuttles that go in between the asteroid to other parts of the asteroid or to the nearby planet of the gory system or to the most luxurious yachts you've ever seen like these things look like they could hold several hundred people and it looks like it took hundreds of millions of credits to build and uh once you eventually get to it uh you see uh, a detachment of law keepers the typical um armed forces of uh, parliament and one of them in a well-dressed uniform walks up to you and it's like he does like the whole like military like clicks his heels and is like in the, at attention is like may i speak to the captain hello my name is Captain Eric, and I'm here to escort you and your party to the rail and then to the to the courthouse. Are you ready to go, or do you need anything? Martel will glance at the rest of the crew, see if they look ready to go, and if so, she'll just turn around and be like, yes, we're ready. Very well. F- please follow me. Um, he has a whole detachment with him. It looks like good, like, 20 people are with him, and they are all, like, they mean business. Like, you see rifles in hand. They're constantly, like, scanning the area. And uh, a monorail um, carriage comes up, but you see monorails before, and this one's a little different because it's not long. Like it's made for like multiple customers or civilians or anything like that. This seems to be like a private uh, monorail. VIP. And he has you get onto it, and the first thing you notice once you step into this, how luxurious this is! It's like the finest carpeting. You see some really nice couches. Like you actually suspect that it's. The couches are made with an actual leather that the animal that it was used with has gone extinct centuries ago. But are oh, there goodness. snacks? There are snacks. Uh, they're like yes. on this really nice glass table with really nice china. Like, are there olives? There's oh. olives, chips, dips. Um, I think there's even like a, a nice hummus that people always rage about. Is there and olive brine? She's gonna drink the olive brine. Don't Ooh. let her do it. Uh, there are olives. Like there. The bowl is in, has a lot of olive juice in it Good. that might be considered brine. And um, half if, of the, go for if it. There, if there are like cups or anything, Myrtle will scoop some olives into it and some brine. And then she will make eye contact with Captain Eric and she will chug it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Z is watching Myrtle very closely. The captain. Watching for poison. Um... <laughs> Not gonna say anything, just watching. You actually see the captain's like, I'm a bit parched myself, and takes a little bit of the bowl of olive brine and like drinks it like it's no! nothing. I, I huh. my con save. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So they're just drinking uh, extra dirty oh. virgin martinis? Yes. <laughs> olive juice is good, yo. Nasty. <laughs> anyway, uh, he orders the half the detachment to stay at, at the rail. And the the rest of them are like in other compartments of the of the monorail carriage, like to where you don't see them, but you know they're there. Like they're keeping an eye. And uh, the captain like motions you to take a seat, and just like, so who are you all? Like I never seen the representative so insistent into having a private audience with, excuse my language, ruffians. And your ship in. Your look kind of says you're ruffians, or at least like bounty hunters, or maybe a party of adventurers. That's really all I can think of. Well, you're not entirely wrong. Honestly, I have 
little to no idea why they might be interested in speaking to us. So well, your guess is as good as mine. Well, and I'm it's not sure my you place. have a very good guess. Well, it's not my place to question um, Parliament, so I just do what they what they pay me to. And uh, we we should be there very shortly, so just enjoy the snacks, and if you oh, need more brine, let me know. Juniper <laughs> <laughs> probably looks sharply down her at but back at the guy, like, who are you calling a ruffian? <laughs> at the and... word bounty hunter, I would have perked up and kind of perforated, puffed up my chest and stuff. Um... Jamper, when you're looking at yourself, uh, you see there's, like, smoke damage from the fire at the hospital. You see, like, little uh, holes in it from, like, debris that, like, gone through it. Maybe some scorch marks. Yeah, but I'm sure after a day and a half, she would have changed clothes. Maybe. Anyway, um, after, Maybe. A good, <laughs> after a good half hour of travel, uh, the detachment comes back and exits the chambers they ran of the carriage and, like, wait for you. And... The captain, like, acting all prim and proper again, is like, please follow us. And uh, takes you, he takes you to the courthouse of parliament. Now, when you think of courthouse, you probably think of, like, the typical, like, judge, jury, and all that. Uh, like, maybe as some states and all that, but no, this is no normal courthouse. You see this huge, massive, almost like senate room. You see benches on each side with a large, like, stage in the middle. And on the stage... On one side, like the far side, in between the benches, see three people sitting down, right with a uh, stone table in front of them. And somebody roll me a perception check. Ooh, I'm super perceptive. Hold I'll, on. I'll roll it too. I got a 15. Well, well, I got a 15. <laughs> I got a 25. <laughs> What'd you get, Z? A uh, five. <laughs> Hearts <laughs> down there. <laughs> she's uh, she's too busy. Hello. Um, Z's being too busy, like, trying to, like, rub out this mustard stain on her shirt when she was oh. eating snacks. <laughs> yes, love it. And Boston with a five, you're probably, uh, like, trying to fix a hole that you got on the skirt of your dress. I'm and... very cleanly. <laughs> uh, but the other one, everybody else who's rolled above a ten, you notice what looks like to be a strange figure behind these three people. It's in a very large uh, chair, a chair that would be made for somebody that's, like, a good 12, 15 feet tall because the figure sitting in this chair is that big, but the figure's not moving. You actually notice that the skin is metal, and you automatically you instantly recognize it as to be some of the like the most advanced technology that's around the celestial expanse. A bat, short for um, bipedal armor tank, but this one's a little different. You typically see these bats as like very square, very like. They have a humanoid shape, but it's not very elegant. It's not a humanoid elegancy to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This one is. It almost looks completely humanoid. There's no hard angles to it. There's curves to it that should not be possible with any machining whatsoever. And it's sitting down. Its arms are crossed, like not crossed, but holding a sword down in between its legs. And it appears to be like looking out to the entire Senate or Parliament, as it were. But it's not moving. And if anybody wants to, they can do a history check of um, of this of this bat. Oh, there's a history. Uh, not you, uh, Juniper. You're too busy trying to fix your dress. <laughs> Plus three in the two. Unless somebody uh, brings that to your attention. I have a nine, but that's not very good. Ooh. I got an eleven. <laughs> uh, you're not too familiar with it. You just think it's a really pretty um armored uh, bipedal armored tank. And uh, after uh, Captain um after the captain comes in. 
and leads you to the stage where the, your seats are set. He gives a salute to um, the representatives that you see before you, and everybody except for those three and you leave the courthouse. On the like, while we were going there, Martel would have been trying to flirt with him and also basically get his number. <laughs> wow! Wow, that didn't take long. He can drink olive brine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he like sends his number through his uh, wrist-mounted computer onto yours. Is like, give me a call. Like, Excellent. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. It's like that's uh that's unexpected. Anyway, um, after you're all seated, uh, you see a woman that it's about. She's relatively young compared to the others, and uh, what's really interesting about her is she is fairly tall for a human woman. Um. And she has several piercings above her left ear. And the the most interesting part about her, though, is her entire lower jaw has been removed and replaced with a voice generator. Like it's a metallic piece of skin connected to her jaw. Like maybe something happened to her in her earlier years that she lost her voice box, her entire throat, and her lower jaw, and this is so, what she had. So she was a smoker. <laughs> wow. No, Ben, that's not what she is. The, the voice modulator is actually just what sounds like. Hello, how are you? <laughs> the voice modulator sounds like a smoker. <laughs> no, um, it it almost sounds like an actual person's voice. It doesn't sound robotic. You just hear like a metal tinge to it. Like maybe if somebody was talking in a hallway and the walls are metal, that's kind of what it sounds like. Mm. And um, she uh, speaks up as like, I appreciate all of you for coming so shortly to our uh, interview of the uh, IAP incident uh i understand uh you were there bearing witness of what happened at the hospital and sadly what happened to our historian arula is that correct z shuffles her feet and nods at the ground in a pair of flinches we honestly didn't see much of what happened at the hospital as we arrived there just as the explosion happened so we don't actually know who caused it or why this is why she's kept <laughs> <laughs> Juniper like, slams her hands on the table and stands up. You know darn well who caused it. It was the Inquis- Inquisition. As soon as you say Inquisition, an- another woman, um, she seems to have like more of a stately manner to her. Like she's wearing like really like expensive clothing. She's not wearing a dress or anything like that. But you see like really nice slacks, a, a buttoned up uh, leathery type jacket with uh, some symbols on her collar, like maybe showing where she's from. And she slams her fist down and looks at the other two. You see, I told you those upstarts would cause trouble. We demanded we would be allowed to take action against the Inquisition, and this tragedy wouldn't have happened. But all you all, all of you were scared to enter the curtain and possibly, quote-unquote, start a war. A war we would have won with our power. Uh, this woman also has, like, a really nice, like, uh, bunned-up hair, but when she keeps slamming her fist onto the panel, some of the pins kind of go undone and... Her gray hair just starts like coming undone, and the the one male that's there, uh, it's a halfling, uh, very old, uh, based on the wrinkles and his graying hair, speaks up, is like, Lord King Seeker, we understand your misgivings, but this is not the time. And the woman with the uh, artificial uh, voice says, Mister Bourne is correct. We need to know what caused the Inquisition to journey to Iapetus, that a planet they have no reason to journey until recently. Do you have any reason why they would come to Iapetus and attack and kill Historian Arula? You want to destroy them, yes? 
we want to investigate them and then if they in this case capture put them to trial and put them where they belong can i do an insight on that uh go for it got a 13 uh she seems on the up and up okay they were looking for a device that appears to have blueprints on it that are way too complex for the age of the device you also remember they have like the blueprints of things you've seen before that they shouldn't exist and things that should not be possible she mentions those as well <laughs> um the woman in the uh, with the voice modulator perks up is like do you have this device we do if you allow us we can analyze it and maybe discover what they're up to and hopefully if we know what they're up to we can prevent it and possibly not have historian arula die in vain if i may i would also like to potentially ask for information regarding some things they have done in the past. I don't see any reason why we should keep you from that. Um, we have, we can have one of the law keepers provide you information. Um, our captain, um, actually, do you, do you remember what I called that captain's name? His name was uh, Eric. I have it written down. It's right okay. in front of me. Oh, <laughs> uh, because you uh, really want his number. <laughs> well, yeah, and also because I take notes of names. Uh, Anyway, it's like uh, our Captain Eric can provide you that information. Um, if you we be more, if you'd be more than willing to provide it, while that while we analyze, we'll have Captain Eric give you that information. And while you wait, you can stay in one of our embassy, embassy suites. Ooh, sweet. I see no problems with that. And then she'll Very turn well. to whoever had the disc glass. Did have the disc glass? Mm, um, I, I think, think it was Juniper. Juniper. I think so too. I think Juniper probably would have taken it from me. Yeah, I, I think Z had the gun and Juniper had the disc. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Um, you see the woman um, with the voice modulator. She actually uh, later introduces herself as Artificer uh, Ivy Boulderdown. And she clicks on a button on the table and you see an aide like, come out of the side of, of the courthouse and like comes up to you, takes the disc and gives it to her and runs back out. Is like, is there anything else you wish to like report or discuss about about the events that happened at Iapetus? Anything you can give us will make it a lot easier for us to track down the Inquisition. There is someone who may have seen who planted the cause of the explosion. We don't know for sure if they are the person who was in the room that in that hospital room or not. Um, but they were there when we investigated the scene shortly after. They are currently in the hospital. I have the information of the doctor looking after them, if that would be helpful. Uh, yes, that would be very helpful. Uh, can you tell us what their, that person's name is? We suspect that their name might be Ashley. I have a last name somewhere. Let me track it down. Why is it so far in the notes? Ashley Deacon. Ashley Deacon, yes. Um, you see her like, press uh, some keys on the computer on, her, on, her des on the desk, and it's like, are you sure about that? That is the name she introduced herself to us as? That's strange because Ashley G Deacon shows up to been dead almost a year ago. Yeah, I knew we couldn't trust that bitch. <laughs> I actually she... do mutter that under my breath. Like what she were was the situations of her death? Uh let's see. Uh it shows that she died during the zombie outbreak on Starbase Kronos. We mm. were there and we can confirm that assuming this is the same Ashley she did not die that day. Mm, let's see. It actually shows via uh, the degradation of her wounds that she died two days before the outbreak actually happened. Do you have a picture of this Ashley? 
Uh, yes. Uh, she uh, presses some more buttons, and a hologram in the center of the stage shows up, and it looks exactly like Ashley that you've seen before. That is what she looks like. Very unusual, because she died uh, before you could have ever met her, uh, based on what the autopsy reports show. Hmm. That is very weird. Did she mention anything while you first talked to her, or maybe when you met her? I'm assuming she was the one you met on Iapetus? She was. Did she mention anything out of the ordinary? Uh, um, out of character? I honestly can't remember if she mentioned anything. Unusual. Nothing really. She didn't really say anything much. She right. did talk about, like, a partner that had died because of the zombies. It was more than one partner. It was basically like a team. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. sent so down she... to look after a team or to find a team and save them. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was a part of, of, the, of the hunting lodge. Um, it's not unusual for them to be part of a hunting group. So uh, it does say she was going to get married. So it's very unfortunate uh, to see that, that she not only lost a, fam- a fiancé, but also her life. But uh, Also, there was also somebody else there who caused the death of dear Arula. Do you know anything about Mama Gale? I think her name was. Let me see. The evil. That's what he know. Um, not much is known about her outside that she was the matron of the of a uh, orphanage. She is the reason Arula died, and I didn't even like her. Arula or Arula? That's pretty tough. her death glare. Well. Despite your misgivings of historian Arula, she did do good work. And uh, we will be... Tr- uh, it seems like... Uh, was she there at the hospital when she died? Um, it Arula, does. Was present. Arula was present at the hospital when the explosion happened. That has, has sent this supposed Ashley into essentially a coma-like state. Well, Mama Gale, this person named Mama Gale, was there as well, hence the reason being that Arula well she's anyway she's evil um, <laughs> wow. I, think she's, I think what she's avoiding saying is Mama Gale is the one who shot Arula in the head I see uh, so she must be a part of the Inquisition then well not only do we have uh, we uh, have evidence like of the video that, of this incident uh, the IPS uh, government was kind enough to share that footage with us so not only do we have evidence to charge this mama gale for terrorism and extort uh, a, uh the intention to extort but also for kidnapping and murder so we'll make sure the law keepers will keep an eye on her and look for her and then per- bring her to justice z is watching has looked up and is looking at juniper's face as Ma- as they're talking about charging mama gale you just see juniper looking down at the ground playing with something in her hands you're not really quite sure what it is Okay. Can I do a perception check to see, like, if I can identify how Juniper is feeling? Uh, it's gonna be a more of an inside check. Okay. Um, let me find my mouse real quick. Okay. Uh, inside check. A three. <laughs> <laughs> you think she? You think she's just being a happy little bean? <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't strange at all for this situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. All right. Well, thank you for giving us uh, extra information. Is there anything else you wish to tell us about anything when you were down there? Uh, there were some weird crystalline monsters. Yes. Crystalline monsters. Can you describe them? Or do you have, like, maybe an image of them? 
We do have those recording things that we've been wearing around. And we did have those cell phones. Yeah, I don't maybe. know if we would have like taken a picture of any of this. Hey, selfie. <laughs> 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 Defeated a crystal monster. Well, killing it. <laughs> literally. I think, uh, I think you might have like, grabbed a few of the data slates that the uh, uh, that the historians and excavators at Iapetus might have had when they died. And uh, there might have been like a picture of them like and all that. And, but there's like so much information. Uh, it's going to take some time to look through that they, they actually mentioned that. It's like, uh, we'll look through the, we'll have our uh, scientists look through this while you're uh, resting at the suite. And if you give us about two or three hours, we'll get back to you. Fantastic. Do you guys have a library? We do, um, but I'm, we are going to ask you to stay in your room until we get back to you. Communists. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> All right, uh, they don't have any more questions for you, uh, so uh, they call back in uh, Captain Eric and has you escort you back to the suite. It takes a couple minutes there. You have to go through several different levels of the, of the asteroid with this detachment. And uh, you get to there. Uh, let me bring you in. Ooh, fancy. This part. We're in V formation. <laughs> yeah, that was by accident. You guys in flying V. Why is Marvel not at the front of the flying V? We send out the midget. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Better. Pawns, everyone yes. knows the pawns go first. Okay, cool. And we were ordered in height. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be incorrect, <laughs> inaccurate then. Mm. So yeah, uh, Captain Eric is like, we'll uh, get back to you when uh, uh, the representatives uh, have their aides research and figure out what's going on with the Inquisition. And we'll, I actually uh, would like to inquire about a specific incident that I believe may have been done by the Inquisition, and I was told that you might be able to help me. Uh, what would that be? Well, on the planet Horus, in the Uncodo, is that how you say it? Yes. In the Uncodo system, there was a group of elves living on the surface that were found dead one day with a symbol carved into their chests that appears to be the same symbol as this group. Has it been linked to them? Do you know? I do not know, but I can have my, um, my, when my lieutenants uh, go back to the HQ and download the information. Uh, Give him about an hour. I'll be right outside if you if you all need anything, okay? Thank you. He gives you like a small smirk and is like, "I'll give me a call if you need anything else." And he, he leaves. <laughs> Martel gives him a wink back. <laughs> oh boy, she's a hoe for Olive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. And plus, a, gardening. <laughs> plus, she probably has a thing for uniforms. <laughs> That's huh? Huniform. Huh? I mean. Based yeah. off of the one she's gotten a crush on in the past, you're not wrong. <laughs> huh. Can we go around the room? Uh, sure. Uh, you guys are just looking around. You see several chair. couches. Oh, you see a, a really nice chair, and it has a glass little table, and you see a few, like, magazines on top. Uh, they're not, like, actual magazines as we know today, but it's, like, little thin tech electric paper that has, like, downloaded magazines onto it that you can like swipe through like one of them is like uh universal teen vogue or uh uh master chef uh, uh the uh essential uh Par paramount and you see also a magazine for uh like the latest and greatest of uh, all-terrain uh extra 
conveyance vehicles, basically space SUVs. <laughs> <laughs> and you see more of these like couches that are like of that exotic leather of a one sixteen animal, and just like it's a posh place. Like you know yourselves, there is no way you could afford any of this if you try to pay for it. Hmm. Hey Matt, uh-huh. out, of, out of curiosity, is this asteroid big enough that it has its own gravity, or is it all like artificial gravity? Um, I think you did a history check not too long ago. Um, it wasn't high enough to where you know anything about like the mi- the major de- the minor details, but you do know there's like some sort of like artificial gravity generator. It, okay. Even though the asteroid is massive enough to do so, it's just the way the astro belt is like situated. It can't seem to generate its own gravity, hmm. or maybe it's just the technology inside the the inside the asteroid is keeping it in a synchronical in an orbit of the planets nearby it. That's why it's able to stay in the asteroid belt, but not be too close to any other asteroid. Like, there's something repelling the other asteroids. Mm-hmm. It is a positive-to-positive situation. <laughs> I don't know if that's how gravity works. Uh, but yeah, Earl, Earl is just going to uh, lay down on a couch and relax. It's very comfortable. You actually have to roll a con save to see if you can resist taking a nap. <laughs> you got two hours. <laughs> I got a 15. <laughs> you can resist the nap if you wish to. And you see on this table here in the center, it has a whole spread of food for you, like more of those olives and, br- yes! and the brine for it. But you also yes! see like like vegetarian, other vegetarian delicacies. You see meats and veggies, cheeses, drinks. Oh, we're going to go grab some cheese and crackers. <laughs> I'm first going to curl up on that corner couch immediately and read more of the tablet that she has. Mm-hmm. Um, so Z is going to go to the table and Z is very hungry. So she's going to. They're like, I don't know, what kind of shit would Z like? Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, she's just going to grab some snacks and I was, I was, you ruined my plan because I was going to ask what this thing in the middle of the room was. So <laughs> it's a table. <laughs> um, okay, so she's she's gonna s- stuff her face, and then it's the best food you ever had. Oh, nice! They're like smoked salmon, mm-hmm. oysters, and lots of seafood too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, okay, awesome. And it looks like Rel and, J- and Theron are like fighting over food. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm going to go. Uh, I'm gonna move. Rather than getting on the couch, I'm going to get behind the couch and sit with my uh, back to it. Hmm. And I'm going to uh, close my eyes and try to see if I hear anything. Lots of um, What you're thinking of doing is actually a spell. It is? I thought it was yeah. just something that happened after a long rest. It's a spell, pretty much. Um, let's say you could do it right now. And um, What is the range on it? Um, I believe it's 60 feet. Out. Uh, and how many, you said we had to go up multiple levels to get to this room? Mm-hmm. Okay, well then it wouldn't work anyway. Okay. Um, I am, I, I'll, I'll still cast it. I still, well, no, I'm going to save it. I'll save okay. it. Um, so instead, I'm going to clean my gun. Okay. Um, you see that the runes are, like, back to normal. Like, you, you saw earlier, like, each time you shot it, it would get duller and duller. Yes. But they seem to be bright red, like, always, and you kind of have like a sense of like foreboding to it. Like, you know that if you're not careful, this thing will hurt you. Oh, <laughs> okay. 
I I whisper sweet sweet nothings to it and <laughs> oh that's creepy handle with care <laughs> I gloss it just right <laughs> so we're over here fighting over food and Z's over there just you know petting her new gun <laughs> acting, like, um, acting like Gollum with the uh, with the gun seven rings yes yes perfect perfect was, and that, was that you Rebecca yeah that was impressive. me impressive mm-hmm. it's one what's... of my talents that I have uh, what's Martel doing packing on the olives that Theron brought her <laughs> oh shit oh yes he would have totally no never mind okay i should have but i won't i won't say that i did it i should have stolen all the olives <laughs> there'd be some fighting going on oh yeah. well we got nothing to do for two hours <laughs> and um so i guess for um uh we'll go to what you were doing like you were going through the data slate that um arula left for you yes and you see there's like lots of data there that like more than you ever thought you would encounter so I think you're going to need to do a computer check. Oh. <laughs> 18. Uh, with an 18, you're able to like skim through the majority of the data. data and she, remember, you remember that one time when she mentioned that the Inquisition might have had a part with the gnome's home planet being destroyed. And you remember that was known as the Shattered Glass event. What's strange to you is you the Inquisition shouldn't have a part with that because what caused it was a war between the gnomes, humans, and elves against the orc empire. And what they did is they had a secret weapon that was able to launch huge asteroids, some even the size of Parliament itself, and launch it at the planet at sublight speeds to the point where nobody could uh, defend against it. Okay. So, and then you start seeing like like notes that a ruler wrote in is like, how would the Inquisition have a way of like providing technology like that to um, the orcs, like, and then it makes you wonder how did the orcs have this technology to begin with? Because the orcs are really known for advanced technology. They are able, they have rudimentary weapons and rudimentary starships that are capable of hyperdrive, but not to the extent that would be needed to launch ships, uh, ship size or larger asteroids to a planet like um, ASAP, which is once was the home. Home planet of the gnomes. Um, would Juniper find anything that would strike as odd to her, like that she can't place her head on remembering? Um, not right away. Um, you s- just like reading through a lot of stuff, and then you start noticing like little tidbits of like the Inquisition doing experiments. Like they would capture or take in what they would consider sub races, like tieflings or um halflings, like. Not halflings per se, but like half breeds, like half elves, half orcs, and doing experiments on them, like what they what they would consider like the capabilities of a subpar um, brain. Like they would actually literally dissect these these people to see like how much pain they could take and what sort of diseases they were resistant to. And you start getting flashbacks of when you were younger, and you remember when you first brought into the orphanage, and. Uh, the children there were at first very pleasant to you. They were very friendly to you. But then you start no- remembering, for some reason, out of nowhere, they start being very cruel to you. That one moment when they would play keep away of your books, and then you had to talk with Mama Gail after she was trying to co- console 
you and take care of you. But you then start remembering there were people in clothing that was very similar to the Inquisition, and they would constantly like talk to these children, and then later on they would come to you and be very cruel. Almost, And then you would sometimes remember seeing these people watching the whole incident not doing anything. Almost like they were studying you. Okay. Does she, like, remember, like, um, anything else about the people in the suits? Um, outside that they had the same type of clothing as the Inquisition, not much. But you still have a lot to look through in that slate. Um, anything else going on with the others, or are you still eating and all that? No, I'm just waiting. There's not much I can really do, nor do I have a opinion. Okay. Um, Um, go ahead, Nat. Uh... Yeah, so Nat, because uh, we didn't really go through on the ship. I had said that uh, Z is um, had been processing through like what she'd heard and what she'd dreamed because she kind of got distracted by the father part of the dream. Um, and she remembers that she she remembers the thoughts. She's processed that, but decided to keep it to herself. And then she also remembers the dream about like the perfect planet mm-hmm. that she had. Um, so I think that she is going to probably go for Theron again, uh, just because she feels like they're in on this together right now. Um, and, and kind of be like, hey, Theron, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm gonna pop up and like, uh, look over the couch, but it's probably taller than I am. I'm gonna walk to the edge of the couch and just be like, hey, Theron. Yes. Do you know anything about, like, I don't know if this is real. I've been having these weird dreams lately, and uh, there's like there was this one where there was like this really, really, really pretty planet, and there were like kind of people like me on it, and uh, I haven't ever met anybody else beside my mom like me. Do you know if there's actually a planet with more people like me? <laughs> She's having a fucking family crisis. Oh my god, sorry. <laughs> I'm processing what I'm saying as I'm saying it. Um, do I, Matt, know of this sort of thing? Um, the only actual planet that you know of that the gnomes had, like everybody has known, right. was the planet ASAP that was destroyed a couple, like, couple decades ago. You were probably pretty young yourself when this happened, but it was a big deal. It was actually labeled as the Shattered Glass event because the planet was basically shattered like glass because of the asteroid. Uh But you know over 9 billion gnomes died that day. And there really hasn't been examples of other gnomes like inhabiting other planets that could like sustain them. Like gnomes are very pioneer-like. Like they're trying to find that perfect planet for themselves, but you haven't heard anything like them finding a planet like what they had with ASAP. And I've never run into someone else like Z before. Uh, every once in a while in your travels, but not one that you would actually talk to and all that. Like, they all seem right. to be, like, all of them seem to be either busy talking uh, with each other, trying to find a place to live, or they're just too busy trying to get a job because it's very hard for them to find jobs for some reason. No, Z, I'm afraid, although I've run into a couple of people, that you are basically unique. Um, so, Z's kind of gonna hunt her shoulders and be like, weird. Okay, I guess it was just a dream, and I'm gonna go back behind my couch. <laughs> uh, also, I was talking pretty loudly, just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, after that, um, I need everybody to roll a perception check. Okay. 12. 14. 14. 20. <laughs> All right, Yeehaw. then. Um, we just need one from uh, Mortal. 
No, wait, we got Marl. Uh, let's see. Z, we need one from you. No, I got the 14. Oh, okay, never mind. 14. Okay, uh, you're all able to hear this little tidbit. Um, you hear, like, somebody walking towards the, the door, but you then hear uh, um, somebody speak out, Who are you? Identify her! And then two body sounds, like some, like two people have just hit the ground hard. Martel immediately pulls out her hammer. And then all of a sudden you start, uh, Juniper, since you're closest to the door, you hear this too. Like you hear something like being placed on the door and then some chirping, like somebody's tapping onto oh, a computer. No. We're going to die. Okay. Do you want to do anything? She's going to run to the other side of the room. Okay, go ahead and move yourself accordingly. She yells, right. duck and cover. I'm going to cast darkness on the door. Okay, so um, she's gonna tuck herself behind, like right here, kind of like shielding herself. Unfortunately, Jason, that's not how that that works. Okay, I can only lose a reaction, can I? Damn. Yeah, cool. Uh, Martel's there... gonna go ahead. Martel's gonna get between Theron and the door. And uh, uh, anybody else? Yeah, I'm going. Z. Uh, yeah, uh, Z is going to. Uh, um, are there any? Sorry, are there any windows or anything in this room? No, it's completely enclosed. Oh, that fucking sucks. Um, okay, so I, I I want to push a couch in front of the door. I don't know if I have the strength to do that. It's way um, far away, too. Uh, well, I do have a plus strength. two strength. Um, 18? You're able to do so, but as soon as the couch hits the door, a great explosion happens. Lovely. Okay. Well, b- before that happens, Rel flips over the now empty table. And ducks behind <laughs> it. Gotta finish that food. I, I got the itis, though. I'm not gonna fight as fast as I normally do. I'm gonna have this placed here and move you here, and an explosion happens. Ooh, look at that explosion! Yeah, For those wow. of you listening, that is a fancy explosion. Yes. Um, Z, since you're close enough to the door, I need you to do a uh, dex save. A dex save. Okay. Uh, oh, are you kidding? Uh, Rick she fail. does not have a sexy Dexy. I had a freaking plus three to that, too. God <laughs> I rolled so you, a nat one. You're going to take full damage. Lovely. Which is she 3d6 laser damage. Oh my gosh. Oh. She does not have the sexy Dex. <laughs> uh, three, six. Okay, so right. 12 or yours? Nine. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I like yours. <laughs> we're going to have you do mine. You take nine damage, okay. but you're nine also damage. stunned. Oh no. Okay. And, uh, at this, as soon as this explosion happens, like after everything's cleared out, you see three people come out through the door, Damn. and they're like, "Nobody move!" Like they have one of them actually has a gun to you, and that's when we're gonna end the episode. Oh. You're kidding! Oh. oh my gosh! Everybody loves cliffhangers. <laughs> yeah, Richie, <laughs> evil cackle. Are they Inquisition yeah. people? Uh, Juniper, you do recognize him as Inquisition. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to end the episode. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening on the Celestial Expanse podcast. You can follow the podcast at C Expanse Podcast. And you can follow me at RP underscore G Gamer. You can follow me at The Void Man. The O is a zero. If it's good news, send in me uh, to Diomedes underscore Industries. Bad news to the net. <laughs> it's been a while since you did that. You can mm-hmm. find me at werewolf w a e r w o l v. You can follow me at that underscore equine gal. The e's are threes. Find me at indie portfolio. And remember, folks, in space, nobody can hear you scream. Uh, See a stunt anyway. Uh, <laughs>